This episode is about what's alive with me right now. And what's alive with me right now is feeling just schooled by my emotions. I've been feeling a lot of grief and pain. And this is the story of how that's unfolding in me, what's emerging around my ancestry, and how I'm dealing and healing with all of these experiences. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Hello, and welcome back to the Embody Podcast. It is wonderful to have you here. Last week, I got to share an interview and conversation with one of my healers, Charmaine Kilcup, and it was fabulous. It was about self-forgiveness and tuning into worth. It was just so fun to have that with her, and it's very timely because I uh, really needed her this week. Sometimes I just schedule her like once a month, and this week it was like two times within the span of seven days. Kind of. Yeah, seven days. So it's been a little while since I've felt schooled by what's going on inside of me. And what I mean is just feeling feeling overwhelmed and feeling an intensity of something coming up and through me that wants to be seen and looked at that shakes me to the core. The last time I remember feeling this intensely was during that experience about a year ago. I talked about it in episode 13, spiritual crisis and existential crisis. It was about a year ago in Bali that I felt that so many of my belief sets were being pushed to the surface to be examined again. And I felt like the core underneath me of who I was was just breaking apart. And I didn't know who I was anymore, even though I I did. But the feeling of, I don't even know who I am anymore. What is this life anymore? What am I doing here? Who am I? Those feelings and questions were so big in me last year. And it all came to the surface with a urinary tract infection and a bunch of other body symptoms, a lot of heat, a lot of anger, and um, a lot of emotions coming to the surface. It was such a scary and vulnerable time, but I felt like I was able to move through it with presence and a lot of help. And Charmaine was somebody who was extremely helpful during that time. And yeah, it's been that long since I felt that schooled by my emotional or inner world. And I'm coming off the tail end of it now, but I want to share with you what I've been experiencing. But first, when I feel this way, feeling schooled, I think I'm just, I need to like bring some laughter to it because it's been so intense, but 
the beauty is that I've been able to laugh at myself and also see very well that this is something that my soul is wanting to heal. But in it, I couldn't help but feel incompetent. And coming to do this podcast even, I felt like, what do I even have to say? What can I even say? Or what authority do I even have to say anything? And it's just that kind of dismantling of the ego and the inner world that uh, brings a level of vulnerability and incompetency to it all because in a way we have to get to the place of unknowing and we have to get to the place where we say okay I surrender to this what is it I don't know what this is what is this feeling and to explore it in an earnest way feel through it in an earnest way it sometimes requires us to break and to break into that place of feeling unskilled And yet to feel that way, to allow ourselves to feel the uncertainty, to feel incompetent or to feel unskilled requires a lot of skill. It requires a lot of mastery and navigation. So I just want to say that I would not be here to be talking about this, to be even feeling okay in myself if it weren't for the support of other people. I've been able to share some of this with my mother and with my partner and with Uh, a few friends as well. I have such a good support system and that means the world to me. So I just do not underestimate support community and people that I trust that really help me along the way. So the episode I was talking about that happened about a year ago was episode 13. Uh, I think I called it the terrifying gifts of freedom and expansion spiritual crisis and existential crisis. (laughs) It's a long title. And maybe it even had hashtag WTF is going on. (laughs) If you want to check out that episode, you can find it at candiswoo.com slash EP13. And I just think about things I've recorded a year ago or even like months ago or a week ago and think, wow, I was such a different person in a way. And things I might have said then, maybe I wouldn't say now, or I see things differently now. So please keep that in mind as you listen to that episode and understand that we're all evolving, that all of our perceptions change over time and we allow ourselves that to grow and to change and to be different and to assert something in each moment, knowing that the next moment it might be different. So also encourage you to feel that way about yourself or to see yourself in that light that each moment of growth, each moment of new awareness can bring you a new perspective that also gives compassion to the past self, your past self that has believed something different. And it's not to reject or dismiss or to avoid your past self or to Um, judge your past self, but to add on and to recognize that you are evolving and that's okay. And what you've said before doesn't mean that it sticks to you forever. Even though in this society, we, we tend to do that. We tend to, um, I don't know, let things stick onto people's reputations. And yes, there is a character over time that's built, but can we afford ourselves 
the ability or the capacity to change moment to moment and to see things differently as time goes on. Well, let's talk about where this all began this time around feeling schooled, feeling really deep, deep, deep emotions that I didn't know where they were coming from exactly. And I didn't know what was trying to show itself to me. And even though I felt like I had pinpointed some of the emotion and where it's linked to and have talked to the emotion that was coming through, there was more and more and more and more. I was feeling so much grief and pain, physical pain in my body, in my heart area, in my chest, in my stomach. And the grief that was coming with it was so huge. And luckily, I'm at this place in myself where I can be with the emotion without knowing what it is. That's that place of unknowing. That's that place of saying, okay, what is this with curiosity? Whereas in the past, I would feel intolerant of emotion that I didn't understand with my mind. But sitting in it, I can feel through it. I have tools to temper it if I need to. And I can honor it without knowing exactly what it is. But there is something in me that feels like if I can find the context for this, or give this grief or pain what it needs, it usually reveals its context. It usually reveals the resolution, the completion of what it needs to feel safe and well again inside of myself. I'm totally tangenting, so I'll back it up a bit. You might know that I'm in a pretty new relationship, and in any new relationship that feels like a soul connection to me, I feel like the energy of the other person is something that enlivens something in me or brings forward and brings alive something in me that is ready to be seen, claimed, or expressed. And this one is no different. So I feel like the energy of this person that I'm in a new relationship with created an echo effect into my soul and an alchemic reaction that um, brought forward and unearthed a lot of different emotions that in some way have to do with him and in so many other ways have everything to do with me and my ancestry and my soul and what the next level of loving and healing was for me. So with this alchemic reaction, this energetic exchange, I started fearing losing my Chinese-ness, that the complexity of who I am that included my ethnicity and my experience as Chinese-American couldn't be held within the context of the relationship or couldn't couldn't find safety within it. And that was just the fear. And... As it all shook out, there was space for it. Uh, And that process I won't talk about now, but mainly want to focus on my own experience and what's unearthing for me. But as I turned that fear towards myself and wondered, could I hold my own complexity? A whole slew of emotions and uh, 
ancestral experience came up to the surface. And it's not like this is the first time I've explored my Chinese-American identity or the pains of my ancestry. You probably all know, all of you that have listened to more than one episode, that I'm really working deeply with my ancestry and through family constellations and just tuning into the energies and belief sets of the family system, that that's one tool that I use to heal at the soul level. I believe that our family systems bring us a very unique and powerful set of lessons that are imprinted in our DNA as we come into this life. And it's an outward expression of the belief sets that we come in with that give us a mirror and a, a way to a platform to work with healing our hearts and souls. There's obviously the spiritual level that can separate itself from any family tangling or ancestral inheritance. But what I find is that at a very, very deep, visceral, and unconscious level, that those things are still living in us. The pains of our ancestry that are unintegrated, the losses that want to be seen, the grief that never got to be had or the person that was silenced or the experience of immigration or war or losing important people, if that isn't honored in some way somewhere in the ancestry, it gets inherited, passed down, and there's some way in which our body resonates and mirrors literally and symbolically, physically, the experience of the pain whether that's through literal heartache or heart attack or feeling out of it or having a great deal of depression in this life that seems unexplained. So I really embrace using the family system and the ancestry as one way to reveal the inner workings of my soul because we're just intricately connected that way. So as I turned that question on myself, can I hold my own complexity? And I asked the grief inside of me, where are you coming from? Or what do you have to say? What's your story? And listened from a heart space. And the grief first told me, can I be taken care of? Will you take care of me? And I knew that that really touched something because I started crying more. But still, I couldn't quite understand what that was. And my mind went to immigration and coming to the United States with this dream of a better life that my family probably came with. They wanted to have better education and have better jobs and probably very earnestly came here, but with some fear. And I felt the experience of farther back ancestors, people that are related to the culture that got hurt while coming here, that maybe worked on the railroad and weren't given citizenship or weren't treated well, and small experiences where they wondered if their complexity of their culture and who they are could be taken in by people here in America. And I'm sharing this not to blame anyone or not to not to bring a victimization or anything, 
or um, a villainization, but to explain what I feel was the experience of my ancestry through immigration. Can the U.S. take care of me? Will we be used for our bodies and seen only for our bodies, what we can give or do, and not seen for our hearts and humanity, not seen for where our hearts thrive or what we're bringing with us in the richness of our culture and love. So with that, some of the grief was continuing to move, and yet it still felt way, 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 way deeper than that. And again, it's not to blame the U.S. or the people that came to receive my family or those that immigrated before my family, but to just show the pain of, I think, many immigrant families that are not quite fully taken in or understood. And also I realize there's the American experience on the other side of that that I'm not speaking to, but today just want to speak to mine. So even though I was feeling this grief and this pain and these belief sets of fearing that I would be seen just as a body and not, not for my humanity, While that relieved some of the grief and pain, as I said, there was way more. And the next feeling and thought that came up about the grief was the feeling of being left to die. And that also felt ancestral. It also felt cultural. And so I just had this imagining that I was honoring all the people that had been left to die, that maybe had been used for their work their physical strength, but that had not been taken care of and had been left there without being nourished back or mutually given back to. But then it took me all the way into my ancestry to my grandpa. My maternal grandfather, when he was about 14 or 15, the story goes from my mom that he had to crawl to get help after his parents died of starvation. That this was during the war times in China and there was no food. And he was so weak he couldn't even walk. He had to crawl. I don't even know where he went to get help or what he did next. But the feeling of being left to die felt related to the untold story of my great-grandparents But they lived, and I'm living proof that they lived and the ancestry survived. And I survived because of them. This uh, whole experience of processing this grief feels like a call and response to my ancestors and the people of my culture. That there's this call to honor this grief and that grief. And there's just more where that came from, but... My response to my great-grandparents is, I'm right here, I'm alive, and I'm doing so well, and thank you. And even though you were left to die or you died, I'm very well alive, and life carried on. So as I told my mom about the, f- the experience of feeling left to die and asking about my grandfather and his parents, she told me the story. And then she told me a story about her maternal side of the family. 
that my great-grandpa on her mother's side was a woodworker and that he had built a door so strong during wartime, same time period, that the store was so strong that when the Japanese came to invade and I guess they were very vicious and just were trying to kill everybody, that my great-grandparents saved so many people from the village that they lived in because they all crammed themselves into this room behind this door that was like six to ten inches thick and that the Japanese could not knock over this door or break it open. And I just can't help but feel so much love in that moment of imagining everyone supporting each other behind that door. So much pride that my great-grandfather, his craft work helped save so many people. And the togetherness, but also the fear and the pain and the hurt of the other coming in and invading. And I say it that way, like the other as in the the unknown people, the, the people that we say are not us, but the other. And it feels like many of these experiences that I'm touching on, this cycle of grief and pain, have to do with that other that I'm experiencing, that other that I'm talking about, that cross-cultural experience that has brought pain, wounding, and hurt. As I imagined this experience of saving themselves behind this door and the grief that came from that, I felt the words, we lost everything, we lost everything. And my words to my ancestry here are to honor that. Yes, you have lost so much, and you've gained so much. You've gained a whole line of family after this, and all those people that were there with you, all the people you saved, all of you that survived, you survived. And that means the world to me, because that gave me life. So while they lost so much, they also gained so much, and they gained me. And for me, that's extremely redeeming and helps me honor that this was their experience and not take it on as mine and like live in it and soak in it. I can give it back to them because I feel their desire for me to live my life free of this loss. This isn't my loss, this is theirs. And to recognize how much I have right now, the abundance in my life, the abundance in my heart, the abundance in the people around me, the experiences that I'm experiencing and get to have, that is to honor their lives and to honor their losses, to live in the gain now. So while they lost so much, they had everything to gain as well because they survived. And they took that up. They created more. And that feels really redeeming for them as well and for me to feel that recovery 
of the loss. So I did not know that all this pain and grief would open up into just so many different aspects of my Chinese history and my ancestry. I don't believe that I had anyone that I knew or my family knew that was working on the railroad in America, in the U.S. But that just feels like something that's so familiar to me. Just like in the past I had uh, processed the pain of Tiananmen Square and the experience of being silenced and fearing death if I were to speak up for something I believed in. And also uh, processing the experience of Chinese foot binding, feeling like that's something that I've experienced before. So I'm not sure if those are part of my past life experience or not, but something about that is very close to me. And I came in with so many beliefs of uh, that I should stay silent, that I should not exist, that it was dangerous to speak. And it's dangerous to stand for what you believe in. It's dangerous to stand. So that just relates to the foot binding and to Tiananmen Square. So, uh, whoa. Even though I had worked with some of these pieces before, these other pieces that I knew about but didn't feel the fullness of, I didn't realize that there was something to be felt about them now. But of course there was. I don't think my ancestry has stopped to grieve those losses. They've been working so hard. <laughs> Chinese people are very well known to work hard, at least my ancestry. And working hard is such a value. So I know that that working hard and that pushing through and not grieving is actually part of how I am where I am today. And how I get to receive so much abundance today. And so my gift back is to honor them and recognize what they went through. And to receive all those gifts of their hard work by living my life from where it is now. From the gifts they have given me. I'm just taking a deep breath with this. I don't have it all sorted out. There's still some a little bit of emotion left about this but it has moved a great deal since i could feel a genuine honoring of my ancestors for the the pain that they experienced of both sets of grandparents on my mother's side the layers of things that are happening here and to give that pain that belongs to them the rightful place of it staying with them and not with me, that really helped to release my pain and my um, grief. And so now as I sit back to reflect on this with all of you listening, I uh, just feel appreciative of myself that I was able to expand into the discomfort and appreciative of my mother who was willing to share some of these bits and pieces that she knew she didn't feel much for them, and that's okay. It's not hers to feel either, necessarily. But I am so glad that I know my ancestry better now. I know the story even better. And that's where 
the soul of our family challenges us to honor it is when something in the storyline, in the heart of the family soul is waiting to be held and seen and loved. So I do feel a greater love for my family system. I feel even more resilience and strength coming through, the abundance coming through. And a lot of what I've said in this podcast to all of you, I I didn't have all of that figured out before I started saying it all about the abundance and about what I would say back to my family. I appreciate that a lot of it emerged through the conversation here. And um, I want to just end with thanking you for listening to this episode that's so uh, deeply, I don't know, just deep about my family system and my process of being in touch with my ancestry, with my pain, and also allowing me the grace of sharing this story while not having it all figured out. And I'm wishing that for you too, that you allow yourself that space of not having it all sorted out, expanding a little at a time into the discomfort that you might have and getting curious about what is it in my heart, my ancestry, in the collective or the archetypal energy or my past life that wants to be seen here. And if that's not something you can access, just to even feel what you can access and honor that without pushing it away completely. But can you look a little bit and then a little bit more and take a break when you need to? A lot of times we see that place of I don't know or incompetency, like when you feel broken enough that you feel like you can't even do your job or that you can't even speak with any authority, which is what I was referring to in the beginning of this podcast. We think that this is a setback for us. We think that when we've reached a pain in us or discomfort or an emotion of anxiety, grief, anger, or something, we tend to have the thoughts that this is a setback. We haven't we come a little farther than this or why did I get back here? And I encourage you to let go of those thoughts or rather just acknowledge them and not give too much to them because the big feeling that we're having tends to be the preface to a major expansion. And if we can expand into the feeling, that feeling wants to help us to bring us more loving and resolve for the next thing and to bring us even more of ourselves more of our own story so that we know who we are, but then we know we are not that. And we know the deeper love that we are and that we can feel even more resilient and embracing of whatever emotions come up at any moment. Sometimes we also think that we're losing it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going crazy or now I've really lost it or I'm so overwhelmed I can't handle myself can't handle this. I guess it means I can't handle anything. Whatever words come up, these actually might also be related to your ancestry. 
when I had the words come up that I've lost it all or the feeling that I've lost everything or the feeling of being left to die, those words had a context. And because I, not that I dwelled on those words, but I felt them and I witnessed them and I was aware of them. And because I didn't just push them away, it allowed me to find the true context for those words, where those words wanted to be honored and fully seen and felt with my great-grandparents. And when those words and those feelings that come underneath those words get felt and acknowledged, then they just dissolve. But when they're waiting to be acknowledged, they will wait. Time doesn't matter. It will pass down generation after generation after generation. And for some of you like me, you are feeling even farther back into your generational lines. I've been working with my great-grandparents and their experience. I'm no longer working with my parents and my grandparents in the same way of what their wounds were, their losses. I've just worked on those and worked on those and, and was able to go farther back. Not that that's the goal. That's just the process that I went through. And it feels like deeper layers that can have a stronger effect like homeopathy down the line of my ancestry, a stronger medicine. And it gets to an even farther back stuckness or disconnection around the flow of love and opens up that flow again like a faucet. So that flow of love is even more sourced from behind them, behind my great-grandparents and flowing towards me. So I encourage you to hear the words that come with how you describe your situation. Hear the words that come from how you describe your physical pain or your emotional pain or the experience that you're having with a relationship, your work, anything. And try to take those out of your context and let them float in this sort of imaginal dream space. Dream space meaning one that connects with the soul imagery, feelings, and emotions that connect with the soul and the heart rather than the logic of our daily lives, rather than the mental and brain logic. But living in this space where things can mean different things, words can connect with different experiences and let that open up for you that it's a possibility that you've inherited some words, even if the words are I'm never enough, or this is how my life always is, that I always get the short end of the stick. Listen to those words and just see what might happen if you open this door to the ancestral inheritance or your past life inheritance. One more thing that just came into my awareness is that May 5th started the day of running in remembrance and awareness of missing and murdered indigenous women. There's a hashtag MMIW and hashtag Native Women Running. So I'm just aware that there's something in the archetypal energy that other people are experiencing as well around people being left behind or left to die. 
this uh, MMIW is about remembering those who have been taken or stolen or secretly um, murdered and not spoken for and silenced. So there's a lot going on in the air. And a lot of times when I'm feeling something, I don't realize that this is going on in other parts of the world or in the soul of the world. So it's really nice to look out sometimes and notice what might be going on. So that's all I have for today. I appreciate the space to share pieces from my ancestry and the words that I've uh, offered back to my ancestry as a way to show them that life moved on and that their love really traveled downward if they hadn't really let that click. A lot of times when we are in hurt, shock, trauma, loss, and a part of us is stuck there, that same part of us doesn't realize that life moved on and isn't able to fully take in the life that moved on or the growth that was had or the love or abundance that stemmed from a loss or a time of loss. It's like that part of us is stuck in time and really needing to grieve or acknowledge something back there before it can say, oh, wow, and look at all the beauty that came from it. And by highlighting the beauty that came from it and going that way first, it can also help the grief to move. It can help bring safety to say that you survived. Thank goodness for that. Because sometimes our nervous system doesn't realize we have survived, even if it moved forward, even if it created abundance. So thanks so much for letting me share these uh, pieces of my ancestry, my responses, to share this in a way that's actually very free-flowing and not so orderly. And I want to leave you with two quotes that a friend shared with me. These quotes are by the poet Nayira Wahid, and I'll connect them in the show notes. The first one, which really pertains to this episode. There are feelings you haven't felt yet. Give them time. They are almost here. Fresh. And the second poem is, We return to each other in waves. This is how water loves. So I'm just really feeling both of these right now. That there are feelings you haven't felt yet. Give them time. They are almost here. It's just allowing things to unfold and allowing the feelings to come as they will. And having that respect for the way things move and want to show themselves to you. And the second one, we return to each other in waves. This is how water loves. It feels similar. Water and emotions. This is how water moves. Let's let our emotions like water move in us the same way. Contraction, expansion, coming in waves, away, closer, and respecting that all of our inner world moves in this way, like the moon connects with the water, like the ocean tide coming in and out. 
So thanks again for joining me today. If you enjoyed this and would like to contribute to my Patreon page, which supports the podcast, the production of it, and the publishing of it, you can find that contribution page at candicewu.com slash Patreon. And even a dollar a month really helps out to um, build up the energy behind the podcast and I just feel very touched when I receive that support. If you're interested in learning more about family constellations or in listening to the conversations with other constellations facilitators, feel free to find these episodes at CandiceWu.com slash EP5, which is about family constellations. CandiceWu.com slash Nick, which is a conversation with Nick Werber. CandiceWu.com slash Susie, S-U-Z-I, which is a conversation with Susie Tucker. We also have the conversation with Dan and Emily at CandiceWu.com slash Dan and Emily, as well as an upcoming conversation with Francesca Mason Boring, which is at CandiceWu.com slash Francesca. That is at this moment not published yet, but will be in June. You can also find a little bit about Family Constellations at my website at CandiceWu.com. Also, if you're interested in receiving more updates from me about my personal healing experiences or life experiences, you can check out my newsletters and sign up for them at CandiceWu.com embody. And there you'll receive up-to-date information about what's happening for me, where I am in the world, as well as self-love notes, podcast updates, workshops, and retreats. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I'll leave you with a little music so you can transition into your day or reflect on your own ancestry, what's coming up in you, what emotions are moving in and out what parts of you are wanting to emerge and bring you more expansion and uh, sending you all the love. Take care and see you next time on the Embody Podcast. Mm-hmm.